1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. Secure Talk is brought to you by AdiQuest, your cybersecurity and compliance partner. My name is Mark Schreiner, and today I'm here with the CEO of AdiQuest, Hiram Machado. Hiram, how are you doing? Hey, hey, Mark. Great to be here. Hey, and uh, this is a first. We're actually adding video to the Secure Talk podcast. Uh, not sure if you want to take a look at us, but <laughs> we thought we'd give you a chance to see. I'd the, rather not. Yeah. <laughs> well, they say video are really important these days, so we'll give it a shot and see uh, if it adds some <clears throat> quality or new element to the Secure Talk podcast. Hey, Today, um, Hiram and I are going to be talking about uh, the rise of the virtual CISO, and uh, we're talking about wh- you know what's causing that, what it is, uh, what are the advantages, disadvantages, etc. But first off, Hiram, why don't we um, start off with what is a virtual CISO?
2: What is a virtual CISO? That's a great question. Well, CISO as uh, Chief Information Security Officer, of of course, right? And uh, uh, the importance of a CISO in every organization is definitely growing. Uh, in the last five to six years, when you look at the uh, history mm-hmm. of uh, of cyber attacks and and companies that made the news uh, um, of uh, uh, you know having had some sort of cybersecurity breach or issue, uh, you look at it and often either they didn't have a CISO or uh, uh, the the structure in which that CISO operated wasn't as as independently uh, uh, from everything else that was going in the organization or didn't have the importance that perhaps uh, they should have had. A, A major case that took place in 2013 was the most people... Have heard of is the target right mm-hmm. uh, when Target had a breach and and, uh, and um, you know millions of uh, user data was was uh, breached. Um, that was a clear case where lack of, of leadership in cybersecurity um, uh, can um, what can cause right. Mm-hmm. So uh, ever since uh, other case came up and uh, and the lack of leadership in cybersecurity has always being uh, looked looked at when a case happens and now there's more awareness that, that it is important to have leadership in that role it is important for that role to be to be uh, independent uh, and to have the right visibility the right report structure uh, most likely to the to the CEO and when you look at case like target again uh, the responsibility fell under the, the board of directors, right? The mm-hmm. board of directors had to respond to, uh, w- uh, you know, that incident. Uh, uh, and uh, so that's why uh, uh, CISO has become important. They, they must have a direct line. They must have, be heard. Uh, all the way to the board of directors.
1: Let me um, just jump in for a second. I I read a report. I've read several reports, but um, this one here from uh, from Checkpoint Security says that according to their survey, their reader survey, 60% of organizations have no CISO. um, And that's obviously a risk. And what... What traditionally has happened or had happened was that somebody or some team in an organization was responsible for security, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not a dedicated CISO. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what? Why is that a problem? Mm-hmm, why? Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, if you've got a team that's responsible for security, it doesn't matter if you call them a CISO or not. Why is that a problem?
2: Okay. Yeah. The, the biggest challenge. that are several facets of security right throughout an organization mm-hmm. and it's it's not uh, a very common approach in, in the past was to uh, uh, was to break down that, that security concerns by areas and have different people uh, uh, perhaps responsible for different aspects of security sure right uh, you ha- you have the compliance team who does have some level of responsibility of, of security. Right, and they respond to some level of, of security. You have the physical security of your, of your uh, data centers and your organization that may be a different team. Um, you have your network infrastructure. You have your application development, right. security, data security, and it it more often than not, up to you know uh, these days, you find security being held held the responsibility of security being held by those functional groups right right whether it's network application development physical security and not necessarily centralized and looked at as a more a broader Secure issue and, and, and more comprehensive. Right, right. security
1: is not really looked at as a holistic type of responsibility. Right. It's compartmentalized. Like you said, maybe you have the physical security of the building um, or the data center. You've got your 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 um, your network security, um, and then you have like compliance related. You know, so you want to protect certain types of data, et etc. But who's overlooking all of that? Right. right. Yeah. And, and
2: that's the role of the CSO today. Yeah. The CISO is trying to bring that all together and say, especially because a lot of these solutions overlap, right? Mm-hmm, right. You want to make sure that they are complementary to each other, not you know um, against or or, or conflicting w- with each other.
1: So and and also, I mean, if you if you have a, a kind of a fragmented uh, approach to security responsibility, how do you get these different fragments how do they get the appropriate amount of resources or buy-in or authority or autonomy to go out and enforce certain security standards right, right. Mm-hmm. it can be challenging so so okay the is the answer right
2: mm-hmm.
1: but so why the virtual CISO? why mm-hmm. not just go hire a CISO?
2: right 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 yeah that's definitely a option
1: okay go and hire a CISO. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and uh and the reality is number one um, there isn't there are there isn't enough CSOs out there, right? So mm-hmm. if you look at the marketplace today, there are uh, um, not enough professionals to fulfill uh, security-related jobs as a whole, right? Okay. There is a there is a, the demand is higher than you know the amount of people that uh, we are able to produce in that area. Uh, that's number one. Number two, uh, when you think about the mid market, yeah, that's great if you are a, a, an enterprise corporation. Uh, most likely, you know, you are going to hire a CISO. You should and will. If you haven't yet, you will. Mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee you. Uh, but for the mid market uh, level, for for the mid size organizations, uh, I, I don't think that they necessarily need a full time CISO. <laughs> okay. Right, and uh, uh, they need somebody who has the knowledge, the experience the understanding of, of, of security that can be accountable and responsible for the, the strategy of how they go about uh, taking care of security in their organization holistically, okay. not only from from different uh, departments. And, uh, and that job is strategic and not necessarily a full-time job. So it is very doable and possible and more economical to an organization to say, hey, maybe we should have somebody sitting on the table with us every month, mm-hmm. you know, to guide us through uh, uh, or respond to any any security-related uh, uh, strategic decisions that we might make. But uh, I don't need that person sitting here every day in the office, or, or I don't need to hire a full-time person. That's the reality for most mid-sized organizations today.
1: And when you say mid-sized, roughly what are you talking about?
2: Uh, I you know, I don't think if you get if you get above I don't know, 5 to 6,000 people,
1: then that's 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 above mid-sized.
2: That's above mid-sized and they yeah. might start thinking to get a full time. To get a full time. See, so up to that level, uh, you probably can um, can take care of your cybersecurity um uh, infrastructure or from a strategic perspective and roadmap perspective with a VCSO
1: Okay, so in terms of who the target organizations are, it seems to be these small and medium-sized organizations, okay, um, up to, you said, maybe 4,000 or 5,000 seats. Um, wh- but what about who is actually doing this job? I mean, if I have the skills um, as a CISO, why would I choose to be a virtual CISO versus a full-time in-house CISO with a, with a larger organization?
2: Right, yeah. I think the, the attractiveness mm-hmm. for a CISO of working with multiple companies is the diversity, mm-hmm. right? So um, if I am a CISO in, in multiple companies, I, I'm probably, you know, I, I will learn so much uh, from each other and I'll be able to leverage that learning Mm-hmm. Between organizations, and uh, and there are certain learns that probably won't take place if if you're only taking care of one environment, right? Yeah, that's true. In that single environment, so for for for, for a profession of cybersecurity, there is that that attractiveness mm-hmm. of uh, working uh, in, in in multiple organizations and taking care of uh, of um, a diverse uh, um, set of infrastructure. In, in turn, you learn more, and you can protect each one of them better.
1: And I would assume that you could also scale as much as you wanted to. So, if you wanted to work twenty percent of your time, you could find the engagement that would um, that would be appropriate for you. If you wanted to work with two or three, four different organizations, and you wanted to max yourself out, you could do that as well,
2: right? Yes, for a consultant, uh, that's the beauty of it. Right. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, what What are the key advantages to having a virtual CISO.
2: Well, uh, uh, number one is the, the expertise, mm-hmm. right, it is having that expertise. One thing that most people don't realize is there are a lot of IT professionals out there, mm-hmm. right? And, and like every IT professional, um, most of them have the capability of doing most everything <laughs> related to IT, Okay. Right, But one thing is being capable of. Another thing is having the expertise of. Okay. Right? So you may be capable in, in the sense that, uh, yes, they, they can learn. Yes, right. they have the, the, the background that they can learn. They can, develop, they can build themselves into being that professional. But security is a very specialized area. And if you want to be a good security professional, you really need to dive into it, mm-hmm. right? So when you bring a VC, so you're bringing someone who lives and breathes security, mm-hmm. right? It's not an IT professional trying to do everything or trying to catch up with everything. It, that's what he does. So that expertise is the number one advantage when you bring someone like this. Um, for a organization working on a VC, so another advantage would be the cost, right? right. It's it's a more, a more affordable. And I, I, and I say as effective as <laughs> having a full-time uh, uh, CISO. Mm-hmm. Uh, the primary goal of doing all of that is to reduce the business risk. Sure. Right. And uh, so you're, you're, you 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 uh, enjoy you know a, a business that will have less risk involved with it. And also the advantage of a, of a VCISO is the objectiveness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and also not being as uh, into the, the politics of the organization, oh, right? right? Being an outsider, he can more objectively <laughs> look into what's the right solution, you know, without taking a lot of politics in, in, in consideration.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, I, the I, I can see the, the advantages of bringing in a consultant-type CISO, because by the very nature of the, of the the way they choose to work, they, um, they have a lot of experience in that type of role but in very, a, very uh, a variety of organizations like you spoke. So they can probably come in very, very quickly and say, oh, based upon your current situation, your business objectives, here, are the, here's the type of program we need to implement. They don't have to recreate the wheel, I mean, or reinvent the wheel. They've, they've, they've been there before. They've done that. Um, they are an outsider, so they they, they don't have to de- worry about the internal dynamics as much as somebody who lives and breathes that one organization. In fact, you could even argue that they're uh, because they are an outsider and because they probably have other clients or customers if if things aren't going in the direction that they feel is most appropriate they have the option to fire you right. whereas if you're all in in one organization that's a lot bigger decision right yes. and sometimes yes. people make the politically astute decision um versus what's actually right for the job right, um, right. right? yeah so right. I, I yeah that, that that all makes sense
2: yeah there's another factor yeah. that i think um <clears throat> um Contribute to, you know, um, seeing this as advantageous for a organization. Sometimes, you know, uh, 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 productivity, right? You, you have to find the right balance between productivity and security, right? right. And sometimes, you know, if you have an IT organization uh, uh, that it's that is also taking care of productivity, their mandate, their primary, you know, shorter is to produce produce and produce and make it easy and simple for people to use right Right. so one way of making things simple and use is to compromise security right right Right. it's simpler to turn on a laptop and not enter a password than entering a password
1: i'm telling you mfa drives me crazy (laughs) like 10 times a week i mean i love it but i hate it
2: it's simpler (laughs) to do it but uh, not not but turn that damn thing
1: off man right
2: but not more secure so um and sometimes you find when you let IT department take solely take care of security, they may find themselves compromising security
0: mm-hmm. in
2: lieu of promoting productivity and uh, uh, an outsider can come in and look into that and, and more objectively and more clearly help them understand. This is the level of security you should have. This is why you should implement this, and and sometimes it may mean comprom- compromise with some level of productivity, uh, uh, in some case. Mm-hmm. But um, but a, a, a good CISO will probably find a good way to get things together without, you know, compromise. I just had an example of uh, having to help a customer who had a a IT department in the, you know, in a. a, a in the headquarters, in the IT department of the, you know, on the subsidiary, mm-hmm. and uh, and they had some interesting conflict in, uh, of interest, and that related to implementation and or not of some security controls, right? And uh, things got escalated to the business level, right? And uh, it's very hard for the business people, right, to make a decision when they're hearing from two different IT departments, mm. right? Technical jargons and, right. And, and technically what they wanna do and how can they come up and, and make a, a call and say, yes, you should or should not, right. yes, you should or no. So that when we came in and we were able to, you know, talk to both organizations, objectively understand what each one was trying to to achieve mm. and objectively, you know, convey the message to <laughs> to both to the to, to business people in terms of this is the direction that we recommend, right? And be able to convert that back to the IT department and say, I I understand and I hear what you're saying, right? But these are the other business considerations that you may not, may, not, may have not thought about, right? Right. And, uh, and this is why we are recommending this decision. And now the decision has been made by the business people and everybody fo- follow through. Um, so sorting through Conflicts like this is is most likely uh, uh, something going to be a, a daily life of a, of a CISO, yeah. a, and, and the ability to make that translation between upper management and, and the technical people, and vice versa.
1: So, what skills? Because it sounds like the CISO or the virtual CISO role, either or. Um, I mean, you have to have some technical expertise or at least understanding, right? Yeah. Um, but it sounds like the, there's a lot of strategic thinking and communication involved. What do you think are the top skills required for a virtual CISO? Or if you're gonna hire a virtual CISO, what would you be looking for?
2: Right, yeah, uh, it, it's definitely a combination of both. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a combination. You need someone who combines the ability to understand the, the, the technically uh, what's going on mm-hmm. and what's happening and uh, and but I also have the ability to communicate strategically about it right uh, more important than anything you you need someone who is in tune with the latest and greatest of what's going on from a cyber attack standpoint mm-hmm. and what's the you know the trend mm-hmm. as well as what are the new technologies? Right. What's going on with the, in terms of new technology that, 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 that will counter you know, the trends of cyber attack? So, the, the job of the CISO is primarily to stay in tune with the latest and greatest.
1: So, yeah. so, in my mind, that brings up another advantage of a virtual CISO because, like in our organization, in, in, in AdiQuest, for example, we have several people who work. Um, some uh, part of their role is working as a virtual CISO for, uh, or a CISO for hire for other organizations. Mm-hmm. But because we work together, we're able to share information and best practices and troubleshoot together, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, our team is. And so it's like you have this team of people who are working, learning, growing um, together. Right. And it kind of accelerates that. Yeah. So if you're working alone in an organization, you have to go Okay, if you're a CISO of a large organization, who do you go for for who do you go to for advice? You can't really go to people in your organization because yeah. you're supposed to be the one that's tr- trying to lead it, right? Mm. But in, in 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 our case, and we're, obviously we're not the only ones out there providing the service, but because we have several people who are in, um, doing similar roles, they can learn from them and support each other. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely does. The, the interesting thing about cybersecurity is it's a very specialized area, mm-hmm. yet very broad, <laughs> right? So, yeah. it, it, no one really knows everything. Right. And whomever claims that is, is lying. I, I know a couple mm-hmm. people who think they know
1: everything. Right. <laughs> I know a couple of people too, but. Some of them are, some of them are related to me, but sorry.
2: <laughs> and I know a couple too, but uh, uh, the reality is uh, no one knows everything. So, having the, 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 that body of knowledge around you and, and, and people that you can count on to mm-hmm. uh, check in. Get a second opinion. Mm. Uh, uh, look at how they perhaps have implemented something similar in the past. There's in what was that experience, mm. right? It's definitely a great, great advantage compared to a, a you know a, a lonely if you right. will right CISO working organization where he's the only one responding for security in that organization, not having necessarily somebody at his level to bounce ideas mm. again uh, with or, or discuss. Technical issues with uh, that's definitely a major major advantage. Good.
1: Um, I, I was just reading another article here that said, um, excuse me. This this I picked the source of this. It was from um, a CIO magazine, and it says that fifty uh, percent of CISOs share high stress levels, um, and then twenty. said that their work was ruining personal relationships. (laughs) Um, 40-hour work weeks are a rarity among full-time CISOs, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. so that's... If if you're full-time in-house with an organization, you're going to be putting in long hours. It's a huge amount of responsibility, right? It is. And, I mean, I got to imagine... I wouldn't want the job okay? <laughs> because I can imagine myself waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning like, oh, my God, what about that latest patch? Or right. did we get this done? Did we get that done? And and then if there is a breach, if there's a problem, if there's some type of incident, it's all coming to mm-hmm. back to me. Um, I don't want that kind of responsibility. <laughs>
2: well, and the reality is on top of that, Mark, as a CISO, we see it. Mm-hmm. So the attacks are are happening every mm-hmm. day, right. right? Most organizations who have some basic level of security in place, and and most of the you know the attacks happening every day, is is being you know you are protected against. But when you look at it and you see that coming, right? <laughs> right? And uh, you always wonder, uh, you know, what what if something else comes, right? Right. What if they come in from a different place and, or you know from a, a different Strategy to 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 penetrate. The reality is, there is no 100% secure organization, right. and they will keep trying, right? right? And uh, so that's disconcerting. That can be like when you, see, when you look at those statistics of, you know, the number of attacks that your organization is suffering every day, um, it just makes you, you know, wonder when, when is that going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to stay ahead of the game. Hence, why back to the importance of being ahead of the game in terms of understanding what is the trend, understand what are the solutions that you know that are, that are coming up, and stay tuned with those two, and, and and be concerned about it every day.
1: A Couple more questions on this topic, and then we'll, we'll, we'll jump off this, but um, if you were gonna hire a virtual CISO, what advice would you give an organization in terms of who they would hire, how they hire, et cetera?
2: Yeah, I think it's important uh, like everything else, I think the hiring process should be no different than the hiring process of hiring a full-time CISO, or, or a full-time employee, for that matter. Right. So you want to make sure that that person that you are bringing in uh, 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 aligns with, you know, the, the culture of your organization. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I, I would encourage organizations to involve the leadership team, right, uh, in that decision. Sure. Right. And look at that candidate as you know, as the same way that they look, they would look at it as a full-time candidate, because that person uh, will interact with his leadership team, mm-hmm. uh, will represent his organization, his or her organization, mm-hmm. um, when if when something happens, and when we, and will be accountable for making for 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 um, making sure that the right steps are taken to protect the organization. So I. I would say whatever hiring practice you have in mm-hmm. your organization, use the same <laughs> and okay. bring that person
1: in. Okay, so treat it as a, as a real hire, as right? As a hero hire, a- yes. Hire. Okay, yes. Um, and then if you're, if you're somebody who's interested in becoming a virtual CISO, um, maybe not already working with, as one, but you do have some security experience um, and you're, you know, you, you'd like to take your career in that direction, what advice would you give?
2: Yes, well, um, credentials, okay. right? So build your credentials, both with uh, experience. So you, you have got to have some, some experience uh, dealing with uh, cybersecurity uh, um, um, issues. Uh, and you have to have some credentials that, that shows that you, know, you stay on top of, of your game. Uh, CISSP is, is the most popular credential that most uh, CISOs uh, will have, and mm-hmm. in my opinion, should have, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And beyond that, you can look for, you know, uh, 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 building up, uh, you know, um, attend a master program in cybersecurity or, or a master degree. And there are some other uh, credentials other than CISSP that you might want to look at. But definitely get, stay tuned with the latest credentials that you, you should stay mm-hmm. tuned. And uh, stay tuned with the news, what's mm-hmm. going on. And I think that um, that will make you in leadership training as well right make sure that you you have the ability to um, to communicate. To the leaders as well as communicate with the leaders as well as with technical people so
1: yeah the, i think that's huge um yeah. because if you can't articulate the vision and, and explain why it's important yeah you're gonna <laughs> good luck yeah. and most
2: important explain in plain english right right <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> not using the technical job i have seen a lot of this a lot mm. of the it guys trying to uh, uh, communicate with and talk to the leadership team with their own it language and that doesn't work Um, You have to uh, have the ability to translate that in in terms that they understand.
1: I get get frustrated even just watching security vendors sell their or market their services and products and and using the language that they think is supposed to be used in the industry. Um, But oftentimes it's like, I mean, nobody talks like that. Why why can't we just use... Mm -hmm plain English, and then use the technical terms when appropriate, right? Right, right And right. I sit in on a ton of calls, and the real calls where the real work is getting done, um, most people are using just plain English with mm-hmm. some technical terms. Right. But the marketing stuff that comes out, I'm like, that's not real. <laughs> 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 and yes. uh, I'm not going to pick on any particular vendor, but uh, I spend a lot of my time watching the videos from one particular vendor, and I think that they could improve themselves, right. their, their 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 efforts. Anyway, hey, um, let me ask you this: What else is going on with Adequate these days?
2: Well, there's a lot going on. We are um, expanding to uh, Brazil. and okay. We're opening up an office in Brazil, and we have we are onboarding some very interesting clients down there. Mm-hmm. Um, we are expanding our uh, relationship with Microsoft, and we have been on- onboarding some. Very uh, interesting enterprise level customers f- mm-hmm. for which we are now providing some cybersecurity service. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are definitely in a good momentum and. Um,
1: so when you say cybersecurity services, that could be really broad. Right? It is broad. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, and maybe maybe you want to be vague, or maybe maybe I mean. But can you give some specific examples of projects that Atacost has been working on recently? You don't have to mention the company names, of course. Right. Um, but like. When you say cybersecurity services, what are yeah. you talking
2: about? I think um, that one of the most popular um, kind of service that we have seen interest on is MDM, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Mobile device management. It's huge. It's huge. And um, uh, there has been some uh, a lot of interest in Intune,
0: yeah.
2: uh, Microsoft Intune, and a lot of the support that we are providing right now. Uh, has been around... Um, uh, in-tune some uh, in- Intune deployment, MDM, yeah. uh, Device management uh, uh, capabilities, mm. right? Uh, there has been quite a bit of interest in, uh, in the Windows Autopilot. Yeah, you know a, what? I was going
1: to ask you about that. Um, what are your thoughts on Autopilot?
2: I find it quite... I think it's, uh, it's still a, a, a new technology and I think it's, there's still some, some improvements to be made. Well, in the technology for, itself. For,
1: for people who don't know what Autopilot is, can you
2: explain it? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, for the Autopilot is the, is the uh, ability to uh, configure a machine remotely. So right. basically, the, the, today, with Windows Autopilot, which was deployed by Microsoft, you have the ability to, let's say, purchase a machine, send it over to, you know, to the end user, whatever he is in the world, and that end user will unwrap the machine Right, brand new from the from the manufacturer, and when he open up the machine and turn it on, it will say, "Welcome, Mark yeah. to our request. and uh, wait for 50 minutes. We are configuring our machine. In every application, everything that you need to function will be then uh, deployed to that machine remotely. Okay, so
1: right? Autopilot is deploying. A machine based upon my profile yes mm-hmm. um a- after it turns on so it's not shipped with my it's not shipped pre-configured no it configures itself as soon as i turn it on as
2: soon as, soon as you turn it on and connect it to the internet that's okay. the only thing that we have to do before before it goes and uh, it's great because it saves so much cost for yeah, it right. infrastructure most of the the process today is it buys a machine bring it to you know their lab uh, reimage that machine with whatever you know yeah. install of the applications and then physically sometimes go and deliver it to the to the uh, end user right his yeah. machine that's gone with yeah. autopilot right yeah. it's n- a no touch at all from the IT department mm. all they have to do is to configure the different profiles of the machines that they want to set up right yeah. and at the time that they purchase the machine they associate the purchased machine with the right profile <laughs> in their Azure, and when the end user opens up, it will recognize the machine, will recognize the end user, and will um, configure the machine accordingly.
1: That's pretty slick.
2: It is, it is. It, It saves money, saves time. Now IT can dedicate their time to things that are more important than re-imaging yeah, <laughs> machines yeah.
1: yeah so mobile device management and then um, autopilot um, a, a lot of projects you're, you're seeing a lot of projects um, related to those Relate right to of, those yeah. yeah those are and my sense from what I'm seeing in the market as well is that um, I think I think we're, we're just starting to see the beginning of, of, of that wave um, because every organization every large organization out there has issues with uh, mobile device management. Um, and how to protect the data? How to how to how to um, deploy those different devices, or or um, h- how to deploy company apps and data on BYO uh, devices, um, and then and then like you said, the configuration and in, in issuance of, of new machines. This is like, a, it's a game changer. Yeah,
2: it is a game changer. Yeah. So, yeah, we're very excited about where that's going.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, hey, Ram, um I really enjoyed talking with you. It and, was great. Um, and I I know you're planning a trip to Brazil. Wish you the best of luck down there. Thank you. And uh, really excited for quest here and there. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk soon.
0: Already.